Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like talking about movies, sports, whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Just the Fat Man. All right. Today we are continuing on with our journey through the cult classic, The Big Lebowski. I think last we left our heroes, everything had gone terribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, the handoff didn't go quite as planned, thanks to Walter. His solution to it was, it, let's go bowling. Yep. So we're back in the bowling alley. First, you see Walter holding his bowling ball, getting prepared to throw his ball down the lane, and the dude just sitting in the back, just despondent, (laughs) and the phone that's in his lap is is just ringing constantly now. No one's talking. Walter's smoking while he's bowling. (laughs) As Walter goes to throw his ball, the dude doesn't say anything, doesn't move, the phone just keeps ringing. (laughs) Yep. And it's sort of like the telephone is playing the role of the thing that is telling you Not only has everything gone terribly wrong, but you're going to have to pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) And constantly reminding you of it. Yeah, the reminder that yours is coming. (laughs) And and the whole time the dude's sitting there, you can tell, like, obviously what's going on in his brain is, this is not my fault, (laughs) but I'm going to be the one that feels the heat for this. (laughs) And as Walter comes back to the chair from bowling his ball, he says, HM key, dude, as the ex used to say. I don't even know what it means. And apparently neither does the dude, because the dude's like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> and then, <laughs> what am I going to tell Lebowski? <laughs> and Walter goes, oh, him. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. What, what exactly is the problem? <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean what's the problem? <laughs> we, we didn't get the girl. They didn't get the money. What am I going to tell Lebowski? <laughs> it's just like losing it. And Walter's just like, you know, there's no problem. Like you said, she kidnapped herself. You know, the, the poor slut just kidnapped herself. And the dude's like... I thought that. I can't tell you that that for sure. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I don't know what's going on here, man. <laughs> and then that moment, Donnie jumps in and is like, hey, they set up a schedule for the league playoffs. <laughs> and, and as Walter goes to tell you, he starts to say, Donnie, shut the And then he goes, oh, hey, wait, actually, that is information I'd like to hear. <laughs> he's thinking, <laughs> he goes, when do we play? This scene's kind of a little more Walter-centric because now you get to learn a little bit about Walter and the ridiculousness of him. Not that you didn't know he was already ridiculous. Yeah, having pulled a gun on a man <laughs> in a bowling alley already. <laughs> he goes, when do we play? He goes, uh, Saturday against Quintana. And Walter's like... Uh well Saturday oh, well, we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to reschedule <laughs> and there's the dude in the back still wanting an answer about the Lebowski thing he's like and then Walter just not paying any attention he's like Donnie you know I told the guy down in the league office who's the guy who runs the scheduling and he's like you know so and so goes yeah I told that that I don't roll <laughs> on Saturday uh, I don't roll on Shabbos <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He goes, I told him I'm I'm Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> All the while, the dude's in the back like, what am I going to tell Lebowski? <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's laser focused in on the fact that, you know, they gave these people a ringer and his cars got shot up and crashed into a, a light pole. 
the slow destruction of the car continues. Walter's solution is, eh, she'll come back. Don't worry about it, dude. Don't worry about it. I gotta worry about, you know, Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> and Donnie's like, well, why don't you roll on Saturday, Walter? <laughs> he goes, because I'm Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> Saturday is the Jewish day of rest. Shabbos is the Jewish day of rest. That means I don't work. I don't drive a car. I don't ride in a f- car. I don't handle money. I don't turn on the oven. I sure as shit don't f- roll (laughs) (laughs) just gets so worked up (laughs) yeah so quickly (laughs) you know and we saw this in some of the other scenes where he just he gets like it's like a switch or like like on the stovetop you just you throw the switch and suddenly he's over well he acts like a child that's being ignored (laughs) like yeah nobody's ignoring you walter they just don't think that what you're saying is very important relevant or correct And it's at that point the dude just storms like, it's like this man i'm out of here and the, the funny part is walter has the audacity to turn to donnie and go in mouth like such a crybaby <laughs> and you're just like really <laughs> and so walter comes chasing after the dude he's like just tell him you know uh that that we made the drop and everything went you know fine he's like and donnie of course trying to catch up with what's going on he's like oh yeah how did that go just typical donnie just like you know the guy who says the wrong thing with the right intentions, but the wrong thing at the right time. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> out of his element. <laughs> Dude's like, we didn't make the drop. They're gonna kill that poor girl. And Walter's now at this point mocking him. They're gonna kill the poor girl. You're acting like a fool. They're not gonna kill her. They're amateurs. <laughs> And so they're saying all this as they're walking out of the bowling alley. And as they walk out, they're talking like, they're not going to kill her. They're going to kill her. They're, gonna, they're not going to kill her. And they stop. And they're looking at something. And it's at that point, Donnie goes, hey, dude, where's your car? Yeah. <laughs> it focuses on a handicapped spot with no car in it. <laughs> Walter's like, well, you know, it wasn't a handicapped spot, so maybe it was towed. Dude's like, you know it wasn't. Toad. <laughs> he goes, you know it's been stolen. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Dude's like, this, I'm out of here. Starts walking away, and Donnie goes, where are you going, dude? <laughs> and Dude's like, I'm going home, Donnie. I'm just, I'm just going, going home. home. And Donnie, of course, goes, your phone's ringing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time. I know, the Donnie. The whole time, the phone has been ringing. It's just, <laughs> like, the... the <laughs> it's just like this whole scene <laughs> like like the dude is just, you can see him just get overwhelmed like he's getting punched several times and over the course and, and finally he's just like you know what it. i'm walking the home because my car is gone <laughs> you know the ridiculousness out of that scene is sort of the, the interaction between the dude and walter <laughs> Walter's like you kind of see the like priority about Walter was was bowling and then suddenly this Shabbos thing comes up right. and and that sends him even into a higher rage <laughs> somehow <laughs> like if he could have pulled a gun on somebody and shot them he would have <laughs> over this but like the dude is like nobody is paying attention like nobody's paying attention to the fact that we didn't do the drop and now this girl's gonna die. Part, you know, a kidnapped girl's gonna die, and we're still holding a million dollars that we were supposed to give to them. 
oh, and by the way, now my car is stolen. And guess where the million dollars was? In the briefcase. In the car. <laughs> yeah. Now they don't even have that to fall back on. <laughs> and then Donnie. Phone's ringing, dude. I know, Donnie. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. Like, he doesn't even get mad at Donnie. Like, he's just like, Donnie, it's not your fault. It's all right, dude. But just, you know what? Thanks, man. Just thanks. <laughs> and so next, we're sitting in the dude's uh, living room with two cops. <laughs> One white blonde haired cop who just looks a little doofy. And the other is an African American cop who just looks like, dude, I should be arresting you, not sitting here taking your report. <laughs> he just does not look happy. Yeah, I feel like the African American cop is like a guy who plays cops a lot in movies. Actually, I feel like both of these guys have played cops in movies before. Well, the other guy, I want to say he plays more of a Canadian person. You know, that stereotypical Canadians are nice kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also kind of strikes me as sort of like Conan O'Brien feelish <laughs> to him. Or Conan O'Brien feeling about him. <laughs> and the whole time the dude is sitting there, the phone is ringing. Both his phone and the other phone. <laughs> And you can tell that both cops are, like, semi-perplexed the entire time. It's like, why is he not answering any of these phones? <laughs> Aren't you going to get that? Mm -hmm. So the dude's like, yeah, so the car is green with some brown rust colorization. There was a tape deck and some credence tapes. And, <laughs> of and course. There was a briefcase in it, and it was very important, you know, with some uh, – and the guy's like, well, what was in it? Some papers, some some business papers. Oh, okay. What do you do? Uh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> and he's sitting down in the chair in the same way he always sits, where he's sort of like his knees are always attempting to be above his head, and he's constantly shifting around, and, and so he's not sitting like a normal person would sit <laughs> during this conversation. Just as relaxed a position as he could possibly get. The, the house phone goes to the voicemail, and the voicemail is a woman's voice. It's like, uh, Mr. Lebowski, my name is Maud Lebowski, Lebowski, and I took your run, uh, your rug. Please call me back at your earliest convenience. And Cops goes, well, that solves that one. <laughs> we can close the file on that one. Yep. It's all smiles and just like, so because before this, you know, the dude had brought up the fact that he also had a, a stolen rug and the, the cop was all like, oh, I guess we're going to have to file a second uh, second crime report on that one. And then the call, the call comes in. Once again, we go to a new scene where the ridiculousness takes on an even higher level. The strangeness becomes stranger. We start off by seeing just what looks like a concrete floor with paint on it. And all you hear is a sort of whispering chant thing, a woman's voice whispering and chanting in an almost erotic sort of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> you see the dudes walking in with like moccasins on his feet. Again, just you know, complete beach bum kind of thing. He walks into this, this dark room, and down the end of this room is like this lit up painting. You just keep hearing this weird chanting as he's walking further into the room and dude's looking at this painting. He's like, what is this? You know, and the chanting just gets stranger and he hears this like kind of thudding behind him. He turns around and out comes this woman on a harness 
she's apparently naked, just flinging her arms around with paintbrushes in it. As she goes over the painting, just splashes paint all over the painting. <laughs> and she's suspended in midair in this harness and whatnot. She comes down. She's got like these two guys. Now, you really can't tell, but if you look hard enough, it's the same two guys that were with the redheaded woman that punched him in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. If you blink, you miss her like going over the dude's head. Like it's it's hard to tell what exactly is going on because you right. kind of see it from his perspective like he he's sort of like walking in and looking around in this really dark creepy scary place with this strange women's sort of moaning maybe and or chanting just just comes this woman flying over your yeah, head. <laughs> on a high wire and and she comes to a just sort of flinging her arms and she comes to a stop somewhere in front of you you know, fling her arms onto what you now realize is a large canvas on the ground, putting paint on it, and then she's she's let down, and, and yeah, it turns out she's naked, <laughs> helped by the two guys that, you know, one of them punched Lebowski, and then she puts on her robe and comes up and talks to him. <laughs> and this whole conversation is like... What? <laughs> it's like the first thing she starts asking him about is like, does the the female body make you uncomfortable? You know, and he's like, "Whoa, is that what that this is a picture of?" And she's like, "Yeah, kinda." <laughs> uh, my artist to be commended as being strongly vaginal, which bothers some people. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Yeah, and then just out of nowhere, she just like vagina, and then the dude's face <laughs> is just just like what. <laughs> it's deadpan. <laughs> Nothing really made it in or out. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> you know, and she's got a take on how men don't feel comfortable with the word vagina, but they'll talk about their penis, you know, with nicknames and whatnot, you know, with no problem. Yeah, basically throwing off the ultra-feminist vibe as hard as you possibly can. That's establishing Maude Lebowski's character, <laughs> who she is, effectively. Right. And then she goes on to say, oh, yeah, by the way, the rug that the big Lebowski, apparently her father, she says, but my father let you have, it was a gift from me to my mother and was not his to give. So I took it back. <laughs> That's basically what she said. <laughs> So that answered that question. Now we know why she broke into his house and punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> all good things, all good things. <laughs> sort of. I mean, like, she could have just asked for it back. Yeah. But then, you know, she goes, oh, and by the way, I know about this air quotes kidnapping and it's completely preposterous. <laughs> then she just changes the subject again. She's like, do you like sex? And he's like, Say again? She's <laughs> like, you like sex? Do you like the physical act of lovemaking? Some people get uncomfortable with it. Some people think that feminists don't enjoy sex, which is ridiculous. And she just goes on about sex for a little bit. And you're like, where is this going? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to explain about what a nymphomaniac is. You know, she's like, you know, to nymphomaniacs are people who don't enjoy having sex. They just do it. <laughs> and she's like, my stepmother, Bunny, is one of those people. <laughs> And he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry that your mom's a nympho, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like the dude, it, it's very much a... It, ah, I appear to have wandered into a river that is a conversation, and it's just going to take me where it wants. And I, I'm not even going to try and fight against the current, because I don't know where it's going, and I don't care. <laughs> I just put my rug back. <laughs> 
so he's like, you know, I'm going to make myself a drink while I try to explain to you what's going on with your stepmother that you apparently don't like. <laughs> and she goes, why don't you watch this video? And it has, it's clearly a bad, poorly made video. Have we met the Nihilus yet? No, we haven't, have we? No, we have not. So apparently the dude has, because he's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Oh, because he was passed out in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, folks, you're in for a ride here. See, I see, I am the dude. I can't even keep track of what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a poorly made video, and the dude that was passed out in the pool is, like, you know, the first person you see in this video. And then it's, like, a shot of, like, this poor-looking apartment. And it's clearly the, just the beginnings of a bad movie. And at one point, you see a woman dressed in lingerie open the door, and the nihilist, the dude that was in the pool, like, blonde, long hair and dressed as like a cable repair guy <laughs> with the sleeves cut off his uniform and so you're like oh this is obviously a porno <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he's like i'm here to fix your cable <laughs> yeah on the screen it starts it says something like log jamming is the name of the movie <laughs> johnny treehorn production jackie treehorn jackie treehorn yep and that's where we come into like jackie treehorn's name sort of kind of makes its roll back around and you, you find out like kind of who he is <laughs> and mod's like the story's completely preposterous and you're just like well duh it's a porno <laughs> yeah nobody really calling you on that one <laughs> <laughs> and she goes you can imagine where the story goes from here and he goes he fixes the cable <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> She's like, don't be fatuous, Jeffrey. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be a smart ass. He's like, ah, he asked the question. <laughs> she goes, I don't care that the woman was in pornography or that she's banging people in the pornography industry. What I do care is that I'm a trustee of the Lebowski Foundation. If you remember, towards the beginning of the movie, the Lebowski Form, uh, Foundation founded the Lebowski little achievers kids of uh, charity organization inner city kids yeah <laughs> she goes which i and my father both managed the funds for so you know when i confronted my father about why he withdrew a million dollars from the foundation he told me about the kidnapping which i tell you is completely preposterous <laughs> you know my stepmother is basically taking my father for a ride and she just goes on and on about how, you know, I don't like my father. He doesn't like me. But nevertheless, you know, I want to try to get this money back. It wasn't his to give for such a thing. The dude's like, well, you know, there's some, like, new information I got to tell you about because it's not that simple. And she's like, listen, you get the money back for me, and I'll give you 10% of it. And he's like, what, 100000 to get the money back? Okay. So now the story's taking an even little more twist. So the, the thread that was originally introduced with you know, who we now know as Maude Lebowski showing up in the dude's apartment and punching him in the face is now retied back to the main thread. We find out, okay, this woman is Maude Lebowski. She took the rug because it wasn't her father's to give away. Not that her father actually gave it away. <laughs> the dude just sort of uh, picked it from among many. And she agrees, funny enough, with Walter, <laughs> which is yet another ridiculous part of this. And with the dude's original idea, which was that she kidnapped herself. And she gives us another interesting piece of information. And that is the money came out of the charity fund. And this is kind of where we figure out that the, the big Lebowski 
is not actually a successful businessman. Like all of the main business prospects were run by Maud's mother, so the Big Lebowski's original wife, and effectively the Big Lebowski lives on his own allowance that he gives some of to Bunny. And so, you know, that's an interesting little tidbit piece of information that kind of comes back full circle later. But, you know, we find out that there is even more reason for all the kind of pomp and circumstance that the big Lebowski puts on. And that's the fact that he is not actually successful and that his only real successful endeavor was the charity thing because he wasn't successful in any of the other stuff that he tried to run with his wife. His wife was the primary business person. The shenanigans with Walter that caused the money drop off and everything not to go well and the subsequent loss of the million dollars right. <laughs> via the car being stolen. The dude's primary purpose of being involved with any of this is still to get a rug back. And so he now like that piece of it has now been turned back on. OK, I can get one hundred thousand dollars. And I love this because she she, you know you know 10 percent. he's like a hundred thousand dollars what about the rug and she's like i'm pretty sure you can buy a rug with a hundred thousand dollars it doesn't have sentimental value to me yeah <laughs> so now we have a new benefactor to this scenario <laughs> we have the big lebowski and now mod for the million bucks yep and mod's not as far as we can tell mod's not hurting for money she has two guys falling around doing her bidding and on top of that she's got some kind of a loft and doing naked artwork so she seems to be doing fine <laughs> it's more about the principle of the foundation and right. the possible embezzlement of said money or the misappropriation of, of money which is funny because the reality is Maud is set up to be an unlikable person you know she's sort of set up to be this this ultra in your face feminist kind of a person and yet like, so far, out of all the characters we've met, other than the dude and Donnie, she's the one that has the most concrete motivation here. Right. <laughs> she, she's both truthful, and the reason she wants the money is to put it back in the foundation. You know, the dude is also truthful, and he just wants his rug back. <laughs> like, and neither one of them are angry about anything that's happened so far. They're just like, look, just give me back the money and I'll give you a little money. <laughs> and you can go buy a rug and everything will be right with the world. <laughs> it just builds into the ridiculousness of this whole scene is her like ultra feminism. It makes you want to think that she's a bad guy or that she's she's untruthful. You know, it, it puts you in that mindset that she is not good. Well, what's the angle? Because so far everyone's had an angle. Right. And this is where the dude starts starts using those phrases like there's, you know, there's a lot of new information about this case and there's a lot of ins and outs and then, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. And you can tell he's trying not to say how he messed this up. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to express to people that that there's a lot of things going on and quote unquote, I don't know what the is going on anymore. <laughs> after that little talk she goes i'm sorry about that crack to the jaw by the way here's the name and number of a doctor who will look at that for you and he's like oh no it's fine you know i mean it doesn't even hurt anymore you know it's fine she goes oh please jeffrey i don't want to feel responsible should there be any bad side effects and you know she goes he'll see you right away and there will be no bill so she's just throwing money for him to go get his, his jaw and you're just like that's a little peculiar. Maybe it's a nice thing, but, you know, 
all right. And the dude's like, sure. All right. You know, I'll, I'll go see the doctor. You know, why not? <laughs> so then we get thrown into a limo and the limo driver isn't your typical California. He actually seems more of like a New York kind of limo driver because he just starts talking. He just starts talking with like an Italian accent about, you know, his wife busting his balls and now his is sore and this, that, and the other thing. And the dude's like, yeah, man, I hear you. There's so much, you know, messed up stuff going on. I'll tell you what, you know, <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. And the whole time he's still drinking his white Russian that he made, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how it is from now on. He's either he's either smoking something or drinking something or both in every scene. Right. And he's he's still drinking the white Russian he made at mods and because he's sitting down. He's doing that thing where his knees need to be above his head the whole time. And so he's constantly <laughs> shifting around in this seat and. <laughs> It's just, it's just ridiculous. Now, I said that he was wearing moccasins. Maybe that's what it looked like when he entered Mod's art studio. But if you look at it now, he puts his legs up on the bench in the back of the limo, and it's sandals with clear straps on them. So it's even like, you know, more like white trashy looking kind of beach bum looking kind of <laughs> thing. He's putting his, his shoed feet on the seats in this limo <laughs> yeah he's just having a back and forth with the driver over the course of this like five ten minute drive and, and the like, driver tells him you know what you know and he's like yeah man that's exactly how i feel about life just it. can't be worried about anything life goes on man <laughs> and so they pull up to the dude's apartment and, and the driver goes hey man do you know that guy in the car that's behind us he's been following us and you look and you see it's this this old blue vw bug and then out of nowhere, another guy just starts grabbing Lebowski, putting him in a in an arm lock, and starts shoving him with the one arm towards another vehicle. And the dude's got a beverage in his hand. So he gets out of the, the limo, and it's at that point where the, the limo driver, the first limo driver says, hey, do you recognize that guy in the bug? Because he's been following us. And so you, you first see the bug. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, another guy also dressed like a driver <laughs> grabs him and twists his arm and the whole time he's trying to hold his still hold his drink up <laughs> uh, he's like hey man be careful there's a beverage here man <laughs> and he just walks him over to like a similar looking limo across the, the road from him and gets thrown in the back <laughs> and there's the the big lebowski it's the big lebowski and brent and they're they're almost like crammed together somehow even though they're in a limo and they're just like this overwhelming presence pointed at the uh at the dude <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the big lebowski's like start talking you lousy bomb in an angry voice and brant's in the calm voice like we've been frantically calling you dude <laughs> <laughs> We're very concerned. <laughs> Big Bowser, where's the money? How did you f- this up? And the dude's like trying to get his head around what just happened. He's like, hey, 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 you know, the stuff and the things happen. And you know what I'm trying to tell you? Because things happen. There's some new things that have come to light, man. And I'm telling you, <laughs> he goes, nothing's, nothing's. F- man and the big mouse get the plane is crashing into the god mountain it's just (laughs) there's an angry guy there's a calm guy and there's the very confused dude (laughs) because you know the dude's probably drunk at this point or you know at some level of intoxication and he's he's coming off this conversation with mod he's like okay all i need to do is find the briefcase and i give it back to mod 
and then I've, I've got my quest done. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I never called these guys back. <laughs> I've got to make up some stuff quick. <laughs> I'll just try and recycle what I, t- what I was going to tell Maud. <laughs> and eventually he's able to spur her out. He goes, well, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but she kidnapped herself, you know. So um, that's all there is to it, you know. She kidnapped herself, man. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like... I don't know what to call it. Not dumbfounded, but like, are you an idiot? <laughs> kind of look he gets from that. Yeah, and tries to explain that theory. Yeah, she's like, you know, this trophy life that owes money all over town to people, including known pornographers. <laughs> she just needs money, man. She just took the money. Is at this point, the big boss is like, well, let me tell you, since you couldn't even do this simple task, the people that wanted the money, I've told them that they're going to have to get it from you now. And so you've got that on your head. And he's telling this to Lebowski as we got another letter from uh, the kidnappers and they hand that and they hand that to the dude. And while that's going on, the big Lebowski is like, you know, we've told the kidnappers that you have the money. So it's on your head now. And, and as the dude is opening up this letter to see what they've got. Right. Lo and behold, it's a human toe. It's a human toe. <laughs> human pinky toe with green nail polish. And if you don't remember before, when we first meet Bunny, she's painting her nails uh, the same green color. Yeah. And so now it's at this point that the dude's like, well, things have just gotten really, really weird now. (laughs) You know, now all of a sudden there's another group of people that are after him. You know, the people that wanted the money. Yeah, because at this point he's like, oh, crap, she didn't kidnap herself (laughs) because there's a toe here in front of me now. So now I don't know what to think. But it doesn't matter what I think because I still don't have the money. Right. And I don't know where it is. <laughs> right. All I know now is that there are people who are now know now think that I have the money and I don't. <laughs> so the next scene we see is uh the dude in a diner with Walter at the countertop. The dude looks like he just got out of a shower. Of course, they're wearing sunglasses indoors. Ah, uh, the diner scene. Yes, the diner scene. So we haven't been doing our ridiculousness review, but I think it's pretty apparent to everybody how, like, it just keeps getting more ridiculous and somehow. More ridiculous. Like, I just, yes. <laughs> the whole scene with Maude, it's, it's just so far over the top. In sort of, like, deadpan ridiculousness. Like <laughs> It's like that new age artsy kind of ridiculousness you know like the very um yeah uh andy warhol kind of art ridiculousness you know yes <laughs> that that snooty pretentious art world you're you're kind of giving the look at <laughs> so it's just a very like these people are weird kind of thing you know from there we move to uh the limo and then to the diner and the diner scene this is interesting because typically in this movie all of the conversations that are similar to this happen in the bowling alley right but this one happens in the diner right and it's kind of i don't know it's sort of like a midpoint in the movie and everything's sort of up in the air there's still a lot of suspicion about the big lebowski and the money being pulled but now you've got this toe in the mix and so it looks like the kidnapping is real but it doesn't matter because nobody knows where the money is actually because this car was stolen and so everything is just a big like question mark if you are a sensible person you would be thinking i gotta get the f out of town (laughs) because there might be people coming after me who will kill me (laughs) and so as we enter the diner scene the dude is holding up the toe 
it's not wrapped in the gauze that it was before. He's just literally holding it with his bare fingers, holding it up for Walter to see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, he's just physically touching a toad that's been removed from somebody. I mean, just that that seems a little gross to me, but yeah. he's just like, you know, here it is, man. And he's like telling Walter, like, they took her toe off. And Walter's like, that wasn't her toe, dude. He's like, and he's like, well, whose is it? He goes, I don't know. How should I know? But I know it's not her toe. (laughs) He goes, but what about the nail polish? And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, nail polish. Like, there's no possible way that they couldn't have gotten this nail polish from somebody else. He goes, I can get you a toe, dude. I can get you a toe by 4 p.m. this afternoon. (laughs) Like, it's nothing. Like, like he's got a guy that get him a toe. (laughs) You don't want to know, but believe me. You're just like, I I (laughs) can't. How's this conversation going this way? <laughs> <laughs> Again, all just calling them amateurs and they send us a toe and we're supposed to be scared. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the dude's like, but dude, they're going to kill it. They're going to kill her. <laughs> and Walter's just trying to call him and go, and goes, that's just the stress talking, man. <laughs> so far, all we have to hear is a series of victimless crimes. <laughs> and the dude's like, but what about the toe? Is at this point, Walter just gets angry. There's just that snap anchor. Like, oh, forget about the fucking toe. Like, he slams his fist on the counter and is screaming it out loud. <laughs> and the waitress on the other side of the counter goes, uh, excuse me, sir, could you uh, keep it down? Uh, this is a family restaurant. It's a family restaurant. <laughs> if you can't keep your voice down, I'll have to ask you to leave. <laughs> and Walter just all of a sudden turns into, again, Vietnam War veteran Walter goes, don't you know that the Supreme Court has roundly rejected the prior restraint of voices? And, and the dude's like, dude, don't even. This is not a First Amendment thing, man. Don't. Don't even go there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what What was supposed to be just a normal, average conversation in a diner about a woman having her toe cut off and what they should do from then turns into a full-blown argument about First Amendment rights. <laughs> and how his buddies in Vietnam died face down in the mud for mud. his right. <laughs> Just like, wow, wow. <laughs> and the dude's like, no, I cannot be associated with this person. I'm out of here. <laughs> and Walter just defiantly is like, I'm, I'm staying. staying. I'm finishing my coffee. <laughs> he doesn't care that people are looking at him, you know, giving him dirty looks. <laughs> He's yep. just calmly sitting there drinking his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know again that person is like so sure he's right and he's gonna stand on his principles <laughs> yeah and you're just like how i mean how did any of that just happen <laughs> like, like how is that a conversation <laughs> Walter yelling out and slamming on the table forget about the the bleeping toe <laughs> just like that's the whole point, Walter. I get you a toe. I get you a toe by three o'clock. <laughs> Just like that's not the point. So as weird as that scene was, we take another leap into the weird. Another level up. Next scene is we see the dude in his bathtub listening to whale songs on his Walkman while he's, you guessed it, smoking a J. <laughs> yep. In every scene, he's either drinking or smoking. His phone rings and he goes to the answer machine. It's a police officer saying that they've recovered his vehicle and it's at the impound and that their hours are such and such and, you know, come and get it when you want. Dude's like, yes, finally, I get my car back. Things are looking up. And just at that moment, 
someone breaks into his apartment and just starts smashing the answering machine. Yeah. Why? Just because they're just smashing the answering machine with a cricket bat. <laughs> and in walks in three dudes dressed in black leather. This is a private residence. <laughs> yeah, the dude's just like just looking like... up, like like not getting out of the dungeon, like, dude, this is like a private residence. You can't be in here. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> This guy's smashing his crap up. It's like, hey, this is a private residence. <laughs> and so uh, these three guys, and they're like these weird, uh, they're not leather. They're like uh, of like vinyl plastic kind of suit things. No, they're just like body suit kind yeah, of Yeah, body suit kind of things. Walk into his bathroom with a, they, they, they call it a marmot. It's more like a ferret <laughs> on a leash. It's it's, it's got to be a ferret. Yeah. The dude calls it a marmot later on, but it's a it's a ferret as far as I can tell. And as they're walking in, you know, the dude goes, nice marmot, man. <laughs> and you're like, where's the money, Lebowski? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so what do they do? He unclips the, the ferret from the leash and drops it in the water right on the dude, you know? And so there's like this splashing, you know, trying to get this animal off of me, you know, going crazy and this kind of thing. The whole time the guy's like, where's the money? Where's the money? And you're like, how do you expect him to answer when he's trying to not get rabies? <laughs> and he's trying to fight off this ferret marmot thing that's in the bathtub and making these squealing noises and, and the, the, the water's going everywhere and he's freaking out. And, you know, I was interested in this scene because obviously once they put the ferret in the water it's not a real ferret anymore right can't be right but you know they did it they did a good job with the camera work because you could never really tell but it's just like just imagine that you're sitting in the bathtub and three guys break into your in your house you know wanting money like we've already seen this scene right right this was like one of the opening scenes and somehow we've gone from two guys you know break into your house and shove your head in the toilet and and pee on your rug to amped up to a thousand take it to 11 right now we got three guys breaking your house in black suits demanding money and breaking your crap with a cricket bat and dropping a ferret in your bathtub <laughs> and i say we're not messing around lebowski if you don't come up with the money soon we're gonna cut off your johnson and it's at this point you really notice how stoned the dude is he's like what we're gonna cut off your johnson <laughs> uh... And just as quickly as they came in, they leave talking about how they're going to stomp on his nuts and whatnot and just breaking it randomly. Yeah, like just trashing <laughs> his apartment. And you can see like the ridiculous level, the ridiculousness level is still just continuing to amp up in this movie. Because <laughs> you start getting analogs. And that's one of the reasons I say the diner scene is sort of a, a midway point, because after that, you start getting analog scenes like you get a scene that's very similar to the opening scene right after that mm -hmm. right and it's these guys who are demanding money but now the threat is instead of beating you up and, and and demanding money and then realizing you're the wrong guy and saying thanks for you know thanks for wasting our time at <laughs> and and now it's three guys demanding money and tell and threatening you with a ferret and breaking all your crap and then saying they're gonna cut off your dick. <laughs> like, like, and what what we see from here on out is just a scene. It's almost scene for scene. Like you get there's a couple breaks from that, but you get analog scenes that go back to uh, scenes that occurred earlier in the movie. It's not as one for one as say like Shaun of the Dead. If you ever watched Shaun of the Dead. 
there's a midway point after which like the zombie stuff hits and every scene and almost every action that occurs after the zombies show up is a repeat of a, of a scene or an action that occurred earlier in the movie. And so a lot of that happens now, but you can see like every scene is still getting more ridiculous than the last one. Somehow right. <laughs> they still pull it off. <laughs> so the next thing we see is the, is his car beat the crap in an impound lot with thousands of other cars and guys explain how they found it, you know, in such and such a neighborhood lodged inside an, an embankment and that it looks like it was just, you know, some kids took it for a joyride yeah. and it looks like the victim of a joyride kind of thing. And that when they hit the embankment, they just got out and ran off. Tells them that he can't get in through the driver's side door. You know, the side mirror broke off and then he's got to get in through the passenger door. As the dude gets in there, he's like, Oh my God, it's Riggs. Whatever. The officer's like, maybe some uh, vagrants got in there and just, you know, slept in there or just used it as a bathroom, moved on. But Hey, they left you your tape deck and your credence. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, dude's like, the briefcase isn't here. <laughs> and, you know, you ask the officer, hey, you know, you got any leads, you know, like you going to find the guys who did this? And, of course, the officer's mocking them. Yeah, sure, man. We got like four other detectives on this, you know, they got us working in shifts. <laughs> He's like laughing <laughs> at him, you know, to his face. And dude's like, do we have any leads? <laughs> <laughs> Because the dude is thinking, all right, I got my, you know, car back. The briefcase will be there. You know, and I don't know who would expect that. Like, why would you go into that thinking, oh, yeah, of course they didn't take the briefcase that had a million dollars in it out. Wait, now that's stupid. <laughs> like, you know, yes, you got your car back, which has just slowly been trashed over the course of this movie. <laughs> yes. And we're not done yet, hilariously. <laughs> But yeah, no briefcase. So no no resolution on that front. Sorry, dude. <laughs> so the next we go back to the bowling alley. But this time we're just going to the bar. And the dude, Donnie, and Walter all sitting at the bar. And the dude's like, man, I just hope that Lebowski kills me before the Germans cut off my Johnson. Walter's like trying to cheer him up. Just like, you know, that's never going to happen. You know, they're not going to cut off your dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, not a fan. You have anything to say anything about it? <laughs> Dude's like, well, thanks, man. Yeah, sure. That just you know, <laughs> that just makes me feel all sorts of better. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like this reflective moment. It's like, I can't believe I'm in this whole thing. This whole thing is just crazy. And how did I get wrapped up into this? <laughs> because I could just be sitting here with peace stains on my rug. But no, man, I gotta. You know, <laughs> it's sort of a review of where we're at in the movie, <laughs> right? And him going, how? In the F, did I get here? All of this because two a-holes broke into my house and peed on my rug because I decided I wanted justice. <laughs> right. And so, like, and at this point, Walter goes, you know, oh, these f***ing Nazis. And Donnie goes, turns to the dude and goes, they were Nazis, dude? And dude goes, no, Donnie, they weren't Nazis. They were, they were nihilists. And, and Walter's like, nihilists? Jeez, and then he says like one of my favorite lines in his heels. Say what you want about the tenets of national socialist, but at least it's an etho. Yeah, and socialism is a word that you know means so many different things nowadays. But national socialism is the was the official title of the Nazi Party in Germany. <laughs> they were the National Socialist Party, and so what Walter is saying effectively is it's better to be a Nazi. At least they weren't nihilists. Yeah, at least it's an etho. <laughs> That's effectively what Walter's saying. 
at least they believed in something. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, WTF. And then Walter tries to cheer him up even more. We're going saying, it's probably not legal that they got a ferret, you know, that they got a marmot on a leash. You it's, know? Not, it's not legal within the city limits. <laughs> the dude's like, what the f*** are you, a park ranger? What the f*** does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> no one gives a about the ferret and he's like i'm just trying to cheer you up because i don't need your sympathy man i need my how do you even get here how did you even make it to this conversation right and then the walter's like dude you can't be bringing this into the bowling tournament and the dude goes the bowling tournament and that's when walter suddenly gets offended the tournament oh i can see you don't want to be cheered up dude all right donnie come on let's get a lane because that's when walter gets offended right so as you can see the ridiculousness still continues to ramp up uh, i want to say appreciate all your patronage and uh, we thank you for spreading the word about pat and the fat man share us on social media facebook twitter wherever you happen to social media it up we have a Facebook page now. Of course, our website, patentthefatman.com. You can make a user profile there and, and post comments or questions or whatever. And we love to have conversations with you on our Facebook page. And we love it if you become a patron and help us pay for our uh, editing, which we need so very dearly. <laughs> <laughs> now, this has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. The dude abides. Shimmer Shops. Shimmer Shops. <laughs> <laughs>